What's up, guys? This is Mike. This is Dave, and you're listening to the Mike and Dave Podcast. What's up, guys? This is Mike, and you're listening to episode 16 of the Mike and Dave Podcast. And we're changing things up on you. Got to keep you on your toes. We've got not one, but two announcements for you guys. So, Dave, hit them with the first announcement. What's up, everybody? This is Dave. And as you might have noticed, today is not Monday, it's Friday, and that's because we're going to be changing our upload schedule to every other Friday instead of every other Monday. Now, originally when we started the Mike and Dave podcast, we didn't really consider that uploading on Mondays when obviously we have to record prior to that. Um, So typically we record the week sometime during the week before, meant that we were going to be missing all the weekend's action. So when the podcast goes live, it's a little bit outdated, I think. It's not completely up to date. So um, we just thought it would be a better experience both for us to be able to talk you know, about the most recent events that have happened, as well as for you guys. So it's not outdated content and it's you know as relevant as it can be. And so that you're able to go into the weekend um, and all the games that are coming up and for what you're listening to, to be relevant to that. So that's kind of what we had in mind. Um, Hopefully you guys are cool with that. And yeah, so that's our first big announcement. And Mike hit him with the second announcement. We've got a new segment for you. We're calling it off the top. And basically what's going to happen is Dave and I are going to trade like we're going to alternate episodes where we're going to pose a question or prompt or whatever to the other person. And the other person is going to have no idea like what's coming so that the answer that you're getting is off the top of that person's head. And we're just going to sort of roll with that topic to show you sort of like how we think about these different things with no time to like really prepare for it and just, Uh, give each other sort of like subjective questions and sort of see where that goes. And we're actually going to go ahead and start with that right now. So Dave, I actually saw this trend on Instagram and thought, Hey, this would be fun, a fun thing to do. So it's one of those like build your lineup things, right? So you got seven slots for, I got seven slots for you. You got one quarterback, one running back, two receivers, a tight end, an offensive line, and a defense, okay? You got all seven? Yeah. Okay, so I'll keep track of your answers. And what what I'm going to do is I'm going to spin this wheel, and it's going to give you a random NFL team. When you get that team, you're filling out your, like that roster, from whatever team you get. Now, let's say you get the Bucs first, and you pick Tom Brady as your quarterback, right? Tom Brady is now locked in. So... Now you have to hope that, like, you know, you get a good receiver. You know, you see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? So I'm not just listing out players on the Buccaneers roster? Right. So you'll get the Bucks and you pick one, like, you'll fill one of those roster spots with someone on the Bucks. Then I'll spin again and you get a new team. Oh, okay. So if, so it lands on the Buccaneers and let's say, like, I want the Bucks defense. I just have to hope that like the next one 
or when it comes down to it, like I won't save quarterback for last and then I get the Jets and I have to pick Zach Wilson or something. Right. Okay. All right. Sure. Let's do it. So I'll get you to go first and then I'll do the same thing. And then we can let everyone on social media decide, hey, does Team Dave or Team Mike win this matchup? All right. So so I'm assuming this includes like the defense also includes the special teams and kicker and everything too? Yeah. Defense and special teams. All right. All right, so I'm about to give you your first team, and you have three seconds on each of these. So your first team, you've got Chargers. Justin Herbert. All right, second team, Eagles. Defense. Next up, Saints. Offensive line. Cowboys. Crap. CeeDee Lamb. 49ers. Um, Debo. I was going to say, y'all thought I was taking Zeke. Uh, <laughs> ain't no way. So I have so I have tight end and running back, right? Yep. Raiders. Darren Waller. Yeah, that worked well for you. And your running back is coming from the... Oh, you lucky bastard. <laughs> okay. You got the Bucks. I just want you to know how close it was to Lions. Hey, DeAndre Swift ain't bad. Yeah. But I'll, I'll take Lenny. All right. So your team. Four TDs. <laughs> You've got Justin Herbert, Leonard Fournette, C.D. Lamb, Debo Samuel, Darren Waller, Saints offensive line, Eagles defense. All right. How do you feel? I'll take that. <laughs> like, yeah, Eagles Eagles defense isn't great, but like it's also not bad. Yeah. Um, and like the rest of that, like, yeah, I think that's. I mean, CeeDee Lamb and Debo, there are definitely better receivers out there, but both of those guys are monsters after the catch. Justin Herbert can also like just bomb it down the field. Both of those guys can go up and get it. So, I'm liking my team. You got a top three tight end in Darren Waller. Yeah, he can also go up there and get it. Yeah. So, and Leonard Fournette, he can, you know, pound between the tackles or, as we saw, he's a very capable receiver. That Saints O-line, those two tackles, pro bowlers, I'll take it. So, I'm up. Let me spin this wheel. Cardinals. Kyler Murray. Okay. 49ers. Kittle. Colts. Offensive line. Yeah. There you go. That's a no-brainer. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, though. Oh, fair. Jags. Uh, James Robinson. Wow. It's too close. If you had picked um, Jonathan Taylor, then you would have had to get the Jags O-line defense or like Marvin Jones or something. Dolphins. Uh, defense. The Dolphins defense has been looking nice recently. So I literally just have both my receivers left. Okay. Who's it gonna be? 
lions. Um, <laughs> damn, man, who was catching passes on Thanksgiving? <laughs> no one. They don't have anyone to throw to. I mean, they had they had Josh Reynolds, yeah. who was randomly, I didn't even realize it was on the Lions until he caught that touchdown. Freaking by default. <laughs> Yep. They have Amon Ra St. Brown. They can keep him. I'll take Josh Brown. Okay. Oh my gosh. It's brutal. <laughs> yeah. That hurt. <laughs> I'm spinning again. It literally gave me the Lions again. <laughs> okay. okay. This, it's, this, it's Amon Ra St. Brown. This wheel is a hater. <laughs> Thank you. Bills. Stefan Dix. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's save you a little bit there. Yeah. Okay. So your team is Justin Herbert, Leonard Fournette, CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel, Darren Waller, Saints offensive line, and Eagles defense. My team is Kyler Murray, James Robinson, freaking Josh Reynolds, <laughs> Stefan Diggs, George Kittle, Colts offensive line, Dolphins defense. I think those are pretty evenly matched, to be honest. Yeah. It's pretty good. With the exception of my, with the exception of Josh Reynolds, I'll take it. But like, me scouring free agency looking for another. Right. Larry Fitzgerald still isn't signed anywhere. Hey, I'll take him. Yeah. Come. Just the free agency. Does, does Chad Johnson slash Ocho Senko want to come play for this team? I don't care how old you are. It's like instead of the Lions, I'll just take all the free agents <laughs> instead. I bet that team would beat the Lions. <laughs> like, what quarterbacks? Cap. There you go. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. So that wraps up our very first Off the Top. Uh, we hope that you guys liked it. I, I had fun doing this. This is an example of what the segment could look like. But, hey, who knows? On the next episode, it'll be Dave's turn to come up with a topic or prompt or whatever. And so we'll see how that goes. And we hope that you guys let us know what you thought of the segment. And try this for yourself. You can find you know, a random NFL team uh, wheel spinner thing and have fun with it. Do, do this with your friends. But when we come back, we're going to talk about some college football. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. And now we're going to go into our main segment uh, where we're going to be breaking down all of the um, conference championship games and also who we think is going to make it into the top four of the college football playoff. But first, I had my moment a couple of weeks ago or about a month ago. It's time for Mike to have his moment. Mike, do you got something to say? Let's go! Finally, let's go. It's been so damn long. Three times this century that Michigan has beaten Ohio State. And now we're making it four. Let's freaking go. I have not been that hype in a long ass time. I'm trying to think back in like sports moments when I've been this hype and I can't think of any. I mean, I was hype when the Braves won the uh, world series, but this passes it. Uh, I'm thinking back to like all of my top five moments. 
uh, for when we did our top five back in episode five of like my favorite sports moments in history. And this is way freaking up there. We finally slayed the monster for the first time in 10 years. And I'll be honest, all year, you've heard me go, nope, I don't, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. I'm not getting excited. I can't, I just can't because for the past, however long, I mean, obviously 10 years, all it's been for me is a series of like, oh, this Michigan team looks good. Oh, wait, now we're facing Ohio State. Never mind. I take it back. Oh, look, we have the best defense out. Nope. N- never mind. Oh, Don Brown is doing. Nope. Just at, once we get to Ohio State, there it is. But this was this was amazing. And there are so many good things to reflect on that I don't know where to start, but I'm going to try. Um, Let's start with the offensive line. I feel like that's rarely the the unit in football that gets the love first. But I just want to make sure I'm getting everyone credit. Ryan Hayes, Trevor Keegan, Andrew Vistardis, Zach Zinner, Andrew Stuber, the Hog Mollies. We didn't have, we didn't allow a single tackle for loss in that game against Ohio State. That's absurd. Our team averaged over seven yards a carry. My man Hassan Haskins, senior running back, 169 yards, five touchdowns. Not one. Not Not two. two. Not three. Freaking not four. Five touchdowns. That's a handful of touchdowns against Ohio State. And that's the kind of shit that usually happens to us. Like, going into the game, I was like, okay, let me guess. Travion on their team is just about to run all... Nope. It it was nice to be on this end of it. Uh, The physicality of it. Like, if you look at it, they're like, especially at receiver, Ohio State just looks like a more talented team. But on Saturday, we came out and we wanted it more. And I think you could make the argument that Ohio State has just gotten used to beating us. And so, like, just as an example, uh, senior receiver for Ohio State, Chris Olave, um, who's going to be a first-round pick. It's probably like, yeah, uh, every time I've faced them, we've, like, slaughtered them. They're really not that big a deal, just that team up north. But everyone in Michigan, on Michigan, like we got seniors that came back just to win this game. Harbaugh, it's been on his mind. Like, what what other coach has this much pressure to beat his rival? They came out there, and uh, I can't remember who said it, but there's an analyst that said this after the game. He said, "Ohio State recruits like the super skilled, like speedy, athletic players. Ohio or Michigan has recruited guys that want to fight you in the alley." and like punch you in the mouth and that's like aggressive but that kind of showed in the game uh we were more physical we wanted it more we had like over 200 yards before contact or something crazy like that um Cade McNamara had like one bad interception in the first quarter but we only threw the ball four times in the second half like start to finish like this game was fantastic um it was a 15 point lead which meant like it had we ended up winning by 15, which means for the most part, like the whole game still had that thrill of it being a close game where you don't really just like fall asleep because it's a blowout. But 
I wasn't like biting my nails at the end. Like I got, I got a chance to go, wow, it's really happening. I still didn't celebrate until the final knee because you know, just never know. Aiden Hutchinson, let me just, my last one, let me shout him out. Came into the game with 10 sacks on the season. Man pulled out three more. That's a splash. And at, at the end of the game, he is now Michigan's, uh, he has the record for most sacks in a season in Michigan history at 13. My man came back as a senior to beat Ohio State. He would have been a first or second round pick if he had gone into the draft last year. Came back. Now he's going to be top 10. I can't imagine him falling outside of that. I've seen him going as high as like three or four. And he gets to live with this. The guys that just did this for Michigan, they're legends now. Hassan Haskins, legend. Like, I don't care what happens in his NFL career. In Michigan history, he's a legend now. Five touchdowns against Ohio State. And, okay, last thing I'll say, and then I'll shut up. Sorry, I just have so much hype. The first game of the season, star receiver Ronnie Bell injured out for the year, and I said, damn it, there it is. Don't even have to, like, think about getting hype. It didn't even matter. We didn't even need to throw it. We just ran it all over them. Uh, Blake Corum, injury. Uh, his ankle was hurting. We didn't even need him that much. He had he did have a 50-yard run, but really we just gave it to Hassan Haskins and let him do the dirty work. And Ohio State was undisciplined. Those weren't junk calls. They were literally like there were like five or six like false starts against Ohio State. A couple other holding calls. Ohio State it just looked like Michigan prepared for this game and Ohio State may have just grown complacent in the last like 10 years. Like, like we're not a team to be worried about. And before Saturday, I would have agreed with them. Let's go. A couple things. Um, I think you're spot on with the, um, I mean, their trio of receivers, Olave, Wilson and Smith and Jigba. Like those three are probably, you know, are all destined for the NFL, I think. Um, but that that pass rush was there all day. Um, I think Aiden Hutchinson is who I want the Falcons to get, but it's probably with that performance probably is going to go too high for the Falcons to draft. Um, unless the, the Falcons just absolutely capitulate, um, which is very possible, but, um, I wouldn't, I would be surprised if he didn't go top five, um, at this point, a very, I was very impressed with him, um, with Ojabo as well. Um, on the other side, he's really come through and just kind of come out of nowhere to be, uh, you know, another solid pass rusher on that line. Um, and just in general, like, I think after that really bad interception, Michigan could have just folded. Um, but instead, there was that resolve and just kind of grinded him down and just wore him out. Um, and, you know, that's Big Ten football. Um, at its finest and for all of you know cj stroud he's who still had a really good game um and all their receipt you know there's their top three receivers all had good games but it wasn't enough um so congrats to michigan congrats to you mike for finally feeling that taste of victory against your most hated opponents thank you can i 
Let me give one more shout out, actually. All right. For like five or six years, we were running with Don Brown as our defensive coordinator. And um, this this is our first year without him. Every year, pretty much, he had our defense as like one of the best, if not the best defenses in the country year after year. Especially like in 2018, I think it was, when we were literally number one all year. But then we played Ohio State, and it didn't matter. Ohio State would just do whatever they wanted to us. And so our athletic director, Ward Manuel, was finally like, you know what? We've reached that point where we got, you know, we just got to go for broke, try something new, let him go, bring in Mike McDonald, who was a linebackers coach with the Ravens, younger, more energetic, uh, NFL experience, comes in first season. Our defense had some questions this season. Like when we played Michigan State, we weren't adjusting very quickly. Their up-tempo offense dominated us, and that like had me worried, but he handled himself against Ohio State. Our defense was ready. Shout out to him. First year defensive coordinator got the job done. Yeah, for sure. And so that's going to kind of transition us into talking about um, the Big Ten championship game, which of course is going to be Michigan uh, facing Iowa. And we're going to kind of go through fairly quickly, but um, do a deeper dive into some some more than others, but um, of all of the championship games, and then we're going to get into who we think is going to make the top four, who's going to make it into the college football playoff. Um, so starting off, obviously we've talked a lot about Michigan. Um, from what you've seen from Iowa this season, Mike, uh, does it, concern you know is facing Iowa concern you after uh, beating Ohio State do you think that Iowa is going to be a pushover do you think they're they're going to give you a good game or you know maybe are you you know are we on upset watch here and do they have what it takes to um to beat Michigan well let's see <clears throat> upset watch it could be a slip up uh, I think Michigan should come into this game as like heavy favorites. And what's interesting is like Michigan did play Wisconsin this season, didn't play Iowa. So there was that whole like Iowa's the the devil we don't know, Wisconsin's the devil we do. But I was rooting for Iowa to win this game because they don't scare me as much as Wisconsin. The reason for this is uh, Braylon Allen, uh, Wisconsin's running back, just scares me more than anyone on Iowa's roster and I think like I'm not going to say it was a fluke that we beat Wisconsin but I would say that it wasn't an accurate depiction of how good that running back is and so I don't really want to tempt him I'd rather face Iowa I feel like a little more confident there do they have it in them to beat us yeah I'm not going to pretend that like oh we beat Ohio State and now we're unstoppable but I I would as a Michigan fan prefer to face Iowa over Wisconsin for that reason yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, for me, if you listen back to, I believe it was episode 11, where we did uh, our college football hot takes, I actually, one of my hot takes was, Michigan is finally going to beat Ohio State. But it's not going to matter because then they're they're then going to lose in the championship game and they're not going to actually make the playoff. So that could still happen, which would actually be kind of crazy if it did. Um, of course, for Mike's sake, 
I don't want that to happen. I want Michigan to to make it. Um, but at the same time, if they don't, then at least my random bold prediction slash hot take would be correct uh, on our podcast. So I'm not greedy. And you've heard me say before, like after this 10-year drought, I would take 0 and, 0 and 10 or 1 and 11 if it meant – sorry, 1 and 10 if it meant that that one win was against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So you best believe after this season we beat Ohio State and only have one loss. If we lose to the Big Ten – if we lose in the Big Ten championship, like I'll be upset about that game but not about this season. This season is a dub. The rest is just gravy. Yeah, and I think that's a good way to look at it too. Um, I do think that Michigan has a chance to slip up coming after that hangover of finally beating Ohio State after so long. Um, But if they keep that ground game going and the defense plays um, hard like they did against Ohio State, then I think, I mean, if you compare Ohio State's offense and Iowa's offense, like it's, it's night and day. So I think um, if Iowa, the only chance Iowa has is slowing down that run game. But from what I've seen so far, I don't think that they can do that. They have a couple of good wins on the season. Uh, I mean, they beat Penn State, which is pretty good um, at that point, although Penn State has fallen off a bit since then. And I mean, the two teams that they lost to Purdue and Wisconsin, that was back-to-back weeks. And since then, none of their games have really been convincing They've only won by like a, you know, about a touchdown or so for the most part. So I I think Michigan will win this game. And of course, if they do, then that pretty much cements their spot in the college football playoff. At the time we're recording this, the rankings just came out um, and Michigan ended up going up to number two, basically replacing Ohio State um, in the order. Right now it's Georgia one, Michigan two, Alabama three. Cincinnati four, Oklahoma State five, Notre Dame six. Those are the main ones that I think have a realistic shot. Although, who knows? <laughs> Maybe Ohio State ends up making it if all the rest of these teams lose. I you know, hopefully that doesn't happen. But you never know. Um, but it'll be interesting that you know, looking at Michigan, they as long as they win over Iowa, then they're at least going to have that number two spot. And who knows if Alabama beats Georgia, then they probably go up to the number one spot and would face, you know, theoretically Cincinnati or or whoever. Um, But that George Alabama game, that's going to be a really interesting affair. Yeah. I think just looking at this lineup of games, I would say that, that is the game to watch. Uh, Hot take. I think, <laughs> yeah, Ooh, <laughs> you're not going to hear that anywhere else. It's scorching. Georgia, Alabama, big game. <laughs> um, realistically, I would say even if Alabama wins that game, Georgia's still in. I it'd be hard for me to. It'd be hard for me to imagine Alabama, Georgia falling out after losing to number three Bama given like what they've been doing all season. It's been straight up dominance as much as I like hate to see it, but you know, being someone that doesn't really root for UGA, but Georgia should be a lock. It's just a matter of, are they going to hold on to that one spot? Or are they going to drop down a couple if they lose to Alabama? 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Georgia has been very, very impressive all year. I think Georgia fans are the type of fans to say every year that this is, you know, this is our year. It's going to happen. And I've got to say, 2021, it might actually be the year. Uh, I think this is probably the best team they've had in, I don't even know how long. Um, Mostly because of that defense, of course. Um, I was just looking at their their run of games and uh, what's absurd, an absolutely crazy stat, I think, is out of all of the teams that they've played so far this year, so right now they're 12-0, they have only allowed double-digit points to four teams out of those 12. That includes three shutouts as well. And in two of the games where they allowed a single touchdown, they were one was a pick six and one was a fumble return for a touchdown. So the defense didn't even allow any points in those games. So that's five games out of the 12 where they didn't, or the defense didn't allow any points, pitched a shutout. Now, are they going to do that against Alabama? Of course not. <laughs> Ain't no way. If they do that, then like, go just go ahead and give them the, the trophy. But, Still, that that defense has been next level uh, playmakers at on every level of that defense, um, and they're gonna they're gonna be tough to beat. I know Alabama's Alabama, but still, not just Alabama being Alabama, but Nick Saban being Nick Saban. I think is what I don't know. It, Nick Saban is the college version of like. I guess Belichick in the sense that like, you know, it doesn't really matter who's on the roster when you put that team in a a playoff game or a high leverage game. It's just really hard to bet against a team led by that coach. Uh, Based on that, like, I wouldn't, I mean, like if, if I were a betting man, I would still put my money on Georgia here, I guess but I wouldn't necessarily be shocked if Alabama won this game either, just because it's Nick Saban. It's what he does. Yeah. That's funny. When you said that, I just thought about this. So yes, Nick Saban is kind of like the Bill Belichick, except Bill Belichick is a horrible GM and a great coach. And Nick Saban is one of the best recruiters out there. He picks, he gets to basically, you know, pick his players more or less. And then he, also coaches them up. So it's in that respect, it's almost like he's he's better than Belichick is. Um comparatively. Obviously that's you know, you can't really compare college and NFL, but still it is really impressive what Nick Saban has done. And I mean Alabama has looked shaky, um, especially late in the season. I mean it, it took that crazy comeback against Auburn and four overtimes. They've had a couple of other close shaves as well I mean I don't I don't know I just Alabama looks like they're mortal for once this year and maybe this is the year for Georgia to get their revenge after that national championship game where Tua came in and stole the show you said earlier like Georgia fans are the are the type to say this is our year every year you win the national championship in 1980 then you lose like you don't win it in 1981 and every year since 82, you've, they've been saying this is our year. 
eventually it has to be right like i mean as a michigan fan i guess like i'm relatively spoiled since our championship was in 97 so it's more recent so i guess they have it coming more than us not that i want that out, but like eventually you know a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then yeah well it's funny is that alabama fans are also the type to say every year's <laughs> our year but they actually have significant evidence to back that up <laughs> must be nice or when you've won five of the last 10 national championships and been to a couple others like you have plenty of reason to feel confident on a year-to-year basis for sure so let's say georgia takes care of business against alabama alabama now has two losses on the season obviously a loss to number one georgia is understandable the loss to texas a&m not the best loss in the world so It'll just, we'll just have to see if, you know, how everything else falls. But I could definitely see a world where Georgia beats Alabama in a low scoring affair in a, in a close game. And Alabama sneaks in at the number four spot. But then if that's the case, then we're, we just get a rematch of Georgia, Alabama again, um, which I'm sure some people would love, some people would hate. Um, I personally like seeing teams. You know, I think one of the interesting things about bowl games or about the playoffs is seeing teams that haven't played e- each other or that wouldn't normally play each other have a chance to to do that. You know, get th- these really big schools going against each other um, that aren't in the same conference. I think is pretty exciting. So who knows? But I'm I'm going to say that Georgia will win this one. I don't I don't think that the they're going to pitch a shutout like they have plenty of times this season of course <laughs> another scorching hot take but um <laughs> but yeah i do think georgia pulls you know pulls this one out and then they they take the number one seed and michigan takes the number two seed if i have to make my prediction on that i am gonna just be oppositional here and say i think alabama will be georgia i mean don't like come sending me letters or something when georgia wins it's not like i'm saying market it's happening but just for fun, I'll say Alabama beats Georgia, but then Georgia and Bama both still make it into that, into those two playoff spots. And then, yeah, we'd get a fun rematch there. And as far as like who'd want to see it, I see both sides. Like, I agree with what you're saying. It is nice to like see different teams that don't play each other every single year. Like, it'd be really fun to see like Oklahoma State and Notre Dame, uh, both of them get in. Uh, but I think like maybe we're like regionally biased because we live in the south, or you know we live in the south, so that's like all the hype is on like Georgia, Alabama, not just on a national scale, but or like like the scale of national significance, I guess. But that's just a huge game every single year, and we're surrounded by UGA fans, and Alabama fans have been the ones that kind of like keep them in check every year. Uh, so I guess there is like a bit of interest there, but. I'd be good either way. I don't, it doesn't really matter to me, but I will be saying roll tide during that game. So in that, in this case, Michigan would be, you're, you're saying that Michigan will beat Iowa. So Michigan would be your number one team. Yeah. If, if Alabama, yeah. Okay, cool. So moving into, uh, the big 12 championship game, 
We've got, I mean, this one has massive implications as well. Oklahoma State versus Baylor. Uh, Oklahoma State at number five, Baylor at number nine. Uh, Two top 10 teams going at it to see who's going to win the Big 12. And what's interesting is that they've already played each other uh, earlier in the season. Oklahoma State did win that one 24 to 14. Um, That was quite a few weeks ago, though. So, you know, both teams have played a lot of football since then. It's going to be pretty interesting. I think Oklahoma State is definitely the favorite, especially after dispatching of Oklahoma last week. And if Oklahoma State wins this game, especially if it's a convincing win, then all of a sudden that makes things very interesting if Alabama does lose because then you have a one-loss Oklahoma State team who just beat Oklahoma and Baylor back-to-back versus a two-loss Alabama team that lost to Texas A&M. Um, all, at that point, you, you say, doesn't Oklahoma State deserve it? I would definitely think that they would deserve it. And one thing I'm happy about, too, is that like in these new rankings, Notre Dame is at six behind Oklahoma State with, you know, with Notre Dame not having a, a game to win or lose this weekend. Oklahoma State is more in control of their own destiny because they're currently ahead of Notre Dame in the rankings. So if they can convincingly beat Baylor and then Alabama loses to UGA, then I think those three, Georgia, Michigan, and Oklahoma State have to be in that top four. Keep in mind, like, I did say convincingly beat Baylor. If it's a, a two-point struggle, we might not see that much movement. Maybe they give it to Notre Dame. But if they come in and smack them around, you got to give some love to Oklahoma State. Yeah, although, I mean, they already have Oklahoma State ranked higher. So I feel like if they win, theoretically, they would just stay ahead of Notre Dame. I feel like even if it's a close game, that would be super unfair to Oklahoma State being like, oh, you you won the game, but we weren't really convinced, so we're just going to put Notre Dame ahead of you even though they didn't have to play a game. Yeah, I think that would be pretty rough. Um, but what'll be, what's, you know, what's really going in Oklahoma State's favor is that Georgia, that two of the teams ahead of them in the rankings are playing each other, obviously in Georgia, Alabama. And they've, you know, they're going to be, honorary bulldogs for that game um (laughs) i I think that you know that game is going to be pretty close oklahoma state and baylor i mean baylor's probably if they win that game they're you know they aren't probably going to make it but they're probably if they if they come out and destroy oklahoma state they probably have a say like well you know, we we may have lost to Oklahoma State earlier in the season, but when it really counted, like we won the Big 12, um, you know, maybe we deserve some consideration, but I think that's pretty far-fetched. And I'll probably put Oklahoma State over Baylor, especially with that big win that they had over Oklahoma last week. I think if Baylor smacks Oklahoma State and then doesn't make it, they will be the saltiest fans in the country. Just like, dang, we we were going to be number five or whatever. Um, I think Oklahoma State at four o'clock is going to be like furiously switching channels between that UGA game and the Cincinnati-Houston game because 
if uh if Alabama loses and Cincinnati loses, then they really just have to win. <laughs> or like well, they would have already played rather. Um so like if they win, then they know, hey, if these two teams lose, we're in there for sure. Well, what's interesting about Baylor is that they actually have some pretty decent wins. Um, they beat Iowa State when they were ranked earlier in the season. Then they, they lost to Oklahoma State, but they beat BYU. And right right now, BYU is ranked number 12 in the country. So that that ended up being a pretty big win. That was by a couple touchdowns as well. You know, they beat <laughs> they beat Texas. Um and but they did lose to TCU, which was a pretty bad loss. They lost that one by a couple points. But then they come came back the next week and they beat Oklahoma. So they would have wins against BYU, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State, which are, you know, three pretty big statement wins. So I could definitely see an argument for them, but it would have to be absolute chaos for them to to get a chance, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Um but it will be interesting to see. Other than that Big 12 championship game, I think really the only other championship game that's going to have any impact on this is Cincinnati versus Houston in the American Athletic Conference championship game. Of course, Cincinnati right now slotting in at that number four slot. They have that victory over Notre Dame. That's their big statement win. Otherwise, they've just kind of beaten some middling to lower tier opponents but they have a chance against houston ranked number 21 and if they take care of business there then they're undefeated i think it would be really harsh if they were left out it would absolutely be very harsh um it would be like it's similar to the ucf situation from a few years back but cincinnati has even more of an argument to make it in because they have bigger wins at this point. Um, shout out to Luke Fickle. That man has done a hell of a job coaching the, this team, uh, building that program up a little bit, or a lot of bit, rather. Uh, it's going to be harsh, like you said, if uh, Cincinnati doesn't make it, as long as they take care of business against Houston. I mean, I don't know that this is why the Georgia Alabama game is so important because if Alabama wins, then like they're good them and UGA are going to be ahead of all these teams. Like, I think it's going to be a lot simpler if Alabama loses that game. I hate to like sound like um, SEC obsessed, but that game just means so much right now. Oh, for sure. I mean, Cincinnati is one of those teams that, of course, they're the only group of five team ever to have made the top four um, in the clay, you know, college football playoff era. And unfortunately, I could see a world where Alabama beats Georgia, Michigan beats Iowa, Oklahoma State beats Baylor, and all of a sudden, and Cincinnati beats Houston, right? So that means that Georgia's still going to stay in the top four, even if they lose to Alabama. I think that's, we're, we're pretty confident in that. Alabama, of course, would stay in the top, as would Michigan. Maybe Michigan goes number one, Alabama two, Georgia three. And then maybe they say, hey, Oklahoma State's victory over Baylor was a lot better than Cincinnati's victory over Houston. Maybe we'll leapfrog Cincinnati and put Oklahoma State in at number four and Cincinnati misses out because of that strength of schedule. I could definitely see a world where that happens. 100%. 
I don't know. After I just said that out loud, I know I said Georgia's going to beat Alabama, but things could definitely fall that way. And I think if that's the case and Cincinnati goes undefeated and beats, you know, beats Notre Dame and does everything that that's required of them and they still don't make it, then at that point you pretty much have to say, I, I don't know if a group of five team will ever make it in the college football playoff as long as it's only four teams. So you hit on two things that I wanted to say. And the first is, well, you pretty much just listed my, uh, my projected top four, um, Alabama, or sorry, Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, and Oklahoma state. Like that's, my guess on who it's going to end up being. Of course, that's contingent upon Alabama beating Georgia, but there we are. The second thing is there are a few things I hate in sports more than a four team playoff in college football. That's so dumb to me. Like, I don't know. I I'm leaning towards eight as the magic number. I mean, if you're the eight seed, then you're probably not, going to provide a ton of competition for number one, but screw it. Let them in, let them give it a shot, get, get beaten up, whatever, who cares? It's more games. It's more revenue. But the important thing about it is like, since they started this college football playoffs a few years back, it's never been, Oh, here are the clear one, two, three, and four. No one has, no one else has a claim to it. This is cut and paste easy. It's always like there are five or six or maybe seven teams that have like legitimate claims to that, like not thrown, I guess, but to that, like they could all reasonably punch their tickets to the playoffs. And I think rather than have this situation every year where you're like, honestly, screwing over a couple of different teams or a couple of fan bases in favor of like putting what you ex- like what these committees expect to be bigger games let them in we we saw this with UCF where they had the undefeated season and then they went in the bowl game and beat Auburn and it was like hey maybe they could have actually competed but you didn't let them in cuz they're not one of these power 5 team and now like what we just talked about is Cincinnati is at risk of the same thing happening to them for no other reason than their schedule is not going to be strong enough. And that's not their fault. You, you play who you have, unless you want to make the argument. Yeah. They should like in the preseason buy like these or pay for all these huge games just to like sweat their asses off all season in hopes of like winning out in the big moments or whatever. It just doesn't seem fair to me that like Cincinnati can come all this way and you know a bunch of people nationwide are going to be rooting for them just for them to be leapfrogged by Oklahoma State because the sh- their schedule wasn't impressive enough. Right. So since you laid out, or since I laid out and then you confirmed you were a top four, um, I'll just say what I think is going to happen. I think Georgia's going to beat Alabama, so they'll be number one. I think Michigan will take care of business against Iowa, so they'll be number two. I think Oklahoma State beats Baylor and they leapfrog Cincinnati and go to number three. And then I think Cincinnati just sneaks into that number four spot and Alabama goes down to number five. I'm going to say, I think the committee is going to hear 
all of the complaints. And I think they're going to say, you know what? The Cincinnati team is probably going to be the best group of five team. Let's just go ahead and put them up against Georgia and see what happens, you know? And I think that's all, you know, maybe Cincinnati fans could be a little annoyed that Oklahoma State would jump them in the rankings, even though they both won. But I think it would be perfectly reasonable to just go ahead, put Cincinnati at that number four slot. Let's see what you can do against Georgia, you know? And then that'll kind of settle that debate of like, should we include these group of five teams in or not? Um, now, will the committee actually do that? Maybe I'm being a little optimistic, but I think if it's if it breaks that way, then that certain you know it certainly has an opportunity to um, to end up that that way. But of course, Cincinnati's got to take care of business. In Houston's no pushover. I mean, on the season, Houston's only only has that one loss. And that loss was literally the first game of the season against Texas Tech. Yeah, but since then, they've rattled off 11 consecutive games. They don't really have any big wins. Um, they beat Southern Methodist, but that's not really a, a, a huge victory by any stretch. Um, but, you know, I think Houston will, will be a good test and that'll be another ranked opponent that Cincinnati can, can say that they beat. So, yeah, I, I think those are all of the conference championship games that are going to have an effect on the playoff. I mean, of course, we've got the Pac-12 with Oregon and Utah. Oregon at, at number 10 right now, Utah at number 17. And this game, even if there aren't a ton of college football playoff uh, implications in this one, it should be a really good game. If nothing else, than the fact that Utah absolutely smoked Oregon 38-7, to pretty much ending their playoff hopes with that game. And now Oregon will have a chance to get their revenge um, and, and win the Pac-12. And both of these teams have been pretty good um, all season. So I think that will be a, an interesting game to watch, even if Oregon's probably not going to jump all of these teams and, and sneak in into the top four. Oh, it'll definitely be a good game. Um, but like you said, after after that previous matchup between these two, Oregon doesn't have a chance. They would need so many teams to lose. Like, and not just lose, get like demolished ahead of them in order to even like think about the playoffs right now. So, I mean, if you're not doing anything Friday, like, Friday at, or I guess tonight at eight, go ahead and turn it on. It will be entertaining, but like once 11 or so rolls around, you can basically forget about that game. Yeah. I mean, unless you really wanted to watch the conference USA championship game between Western Kentucky and UTSA. That's a big if. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's funny is that they put the Mac championship game on at the same time as Baylor versus Oklahoma State <laughs> while we're talking about the the Mac literally the two teams that are going to be facing off to win that conference Northern Illinois at eight and four and Kent State at seven and five are the two best teams from that conference there there are middle-aged couples out there with kids that play 
at Northern Illinois and Kent State. And those couples are not going to be watching this game because they're going to be too busy watching the Baylor Oklahoma State game. <laughs> the, 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 they'll they'll just record the game and then watch it later. And I guess we should, you know, of course we got we talked about the Pac-12. I guess we we talked way more about the MAC than they really deserved. Um, I mean, you've got a couple of other. It, it's it's more than they'll be talked about on TV. Whatever. Yeah. Hey, you know they they get some airtime here on the Mike and Dave podcast. What more could you ask for, really? Um, it's it's Christmas time. We're feeling generous. Yeah, absolutely. The holiday spirit. Um, you know, you got a couple of other championship games going on. San Diego State and Utah State in the Mountain West. Fun. Uh, the Sun Belt, Louisiana, Lafayette, and App State. Sure, why not? Um, and then, of course, you've got the the huge game to close out the, all those games on Saturday. You got USC and Cal going at it, four and seven versus four and seven. They saved the best for last. This game was post postponed from earlier in the season. So if you're wondering, like, wait. How are these losing record teams on championship? We don't worry. This wasn't supposed to be here. And Lincoln, uh, also, I was, about, oh, I was about to say, um, yeah, Lincoln Riley moves to USC and all of a sudden they just make that a conference championship game. <laughs> he has that grav, that like gravitas or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's this ACC championship game. I mean, if we go back to our episode where we did our hot takes, one of yours was that the uh, ACC is the worst conference in the Power Five. And if we look at the five games from those conferences, this is the least exciting with the, the least exciting teams. Uh, you got Pitt and Wake Forest. Uh, and a lot of people, this is like their first time realizing that these teams are even in this conference because for the past six years, the only teams in this conference have Let's go back further. For the past 10 years, the only teams in the ACC worth noting have been Clemson, Miami, Florida State. Off and on for Florida State. Virginia Tech. <laughs> I had to Tech. go back 10 years and make... Yeah, Virginia Tech. That's, yeah, but like... The occasional like uh, hand wave from like UNC. Yeah. Back when Georgia Tech did the triple option, they were... Well, it was just more gimmicky, but still. Um, <laughs> that pissed Yeah, I mean, I... I will say, I think these teams are very closely matched. Um, I mean, they're both 10 and 2. Pitt is number, number 15, Wake's number 16, and they both have uh, pretty decent quarterbacks that I will just take a minute to highlight. For Wake Forest, um, Sam Hartman has come out and had a really good season in his sophomore year. Um, he's thrown 34 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, put out, put up. Decent numbers on the ground, too. He's got 10 touchdowns on the ground as well. So him sticking around is going to be uh, a real boon for them going into next season. And then on Pitt's side of things, Kenny Pickett has had one of the better seasons uh, of any quarterback in college football this year. Over 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Um, he's been spectacular for them and really has come out of nowhere to do so this is his senior year and he's really been able to clean up a lot of those uh turnover issues and decision making problems that that he had previously and he's really come around into form and uh, now he's 
looked at as probably a, a top five QB in this upcoming draft. And we might see him play on Sundays. Um, it's interesting, you know, obviously we saw, we saw Joe Burrow do it, but we're seeing more senior quarterbacks just starting to figure it out, um, you know, in their senior year. And, you know, maybe, maybe Kenny Pickett will be the next Burrow. Um, we'll just have to see, but that, that game will be, you know, I'm sure it'll be close. It'll be interesting, but of course it's at the same time, 8 PM as Michigan and, and Iowa. So, uh, you know, it, it might be like, Oh, if there's commercials on you flip over and hope that they don't have commercials too, uh, <laughs> type of situation. But I will not even be doing that much. I'm you know, like, this game isn't worth missing a second of this Michigan game. <laughs> I mean, that, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's pretty much going to wrap up our, uh, college football playoff predictions. Um, just to recap one more time, um, my predicted rankings are Georgia at number one, Michigan at number two, Oklahoma state at number three and Cincinnati at number four with Alabama, just missing out at number five, Notre Dame at number six. And my predictions are Michigan at number one, Alabama, number two, Georgia, number three, Oklahoma state at number four with Cincinnati just getting the short end of this, the ranking stick. Yeah, so pretty much the only difference is that you have Alabama in there and I have Cincinnati in there in terms of, you know, not necessarily rankings, but just the teams that are making it. So And and that'll all be determined based on how that UGA-Alabama game plays out. I mean, if UGA wins, then my, then my uh, rankings are the same as yours, so... Right. Although there is every there is the chance that Alabama does sneak in at number four instead of Cincinnati. Um uh, it'll just be interesting to see what the committee does um in that case. But yeah, that's gonna wrap it up. And when we come back, we're gonna get into the hot seat. All right, so now we're gonna go into the hot seat. And I've gotta say this one did make me laugh. Mike, who do we got this week? So Listen to this exchange between Odell Beckham Jr. and Devontae Adams. Or, I'm sorry, it's more of just Devontae Adams commenting on Odell Beckham Jr. So, if you remember, OBJ got released from the Browns. He was free to sign with whomever he wanted, and he was looking at these different teams, notably the Packers and the Rams. Then he ended up signing with the Rams. So, the Rams were playing the Packers this past weekend. So... OBJ wanted to do a jersey swap with Devontae Adams. Here's what Devontae Adams had to say about that. Uh, we talked two days ago. He said he needed a jersey after the game. I told him to go get a Cooper Cup jersey since that's obviously his guy and that's who he wants to be with. My God, Devontae Adams. That's pretty savage. And also, like, fair enough. Also, one quick note. Odell Beckham was actually put on waivers and nobody claimed him. And then he was able to sign with whoever, with whatever team. Um, now there were, there were uh, rumors going around that green Bay, like kind of lowballed him on the offer. But like at that point, you're not the Odell Beckham of like 2015 or whatever. Um, you're a complimentary receiver. There you go. I'll say it. Put me on the hot seat. OBJ is a complimentary receiver. Um, yeah, I mean, he had a, 
an okay game. He had that long touchdown against the Packers um, well, this past weekend. But, I mean, the Packers had the, the last laugh in that one. Devontae Adams still balling. And let's be honest, he's probably a better receiver now than Odell Beckham is or, or even was. Um, I think Devontae Adams is top two, top three receiver in the NFL. And Odell wouldn't even make the top 40, 50 for me right now. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just kind of funny how, like, Devontae Adams is kind of dismissive of him. Like, you know, this guy who used to be so such a big deal, so, you know, cover of Madden, like, talked about as the guy, is now just kind of being like, yeah, whatever, bro, I don't care. And if you're heart skipped a beat when Dave said that OBJ may not be a top 40 receiver. I just want to ask you this. If that has you freaking out, are you thinking about the OBJ of like that season when he had that crazy catch? Are you thinking of OBJ from the last three or four years? Because those are very different receivers. Yeah. And a top 40 receiver, just to remind you, like a top 32 receiver would be the number one option on any offense. So what I'm saying is like, when I'm saying he's not top 40 or top 50, I'm saying he's probably not, he's not going to be your number one option. And he may not even be your number two option on, if you fill out all the rosters in the NFL, you know, all the receiver rooms. Um, I think there are 50 guys who are probably better than him right now. And, you know, maybe he gets back to the way he was. I, I don't have anything against him. I just think, you know, maybe he's just not quite as, obviously he's not the same player that he was. Um, so it's just kind of funny that Devontae Adams is like, bro, why are you asking me for a jersey? We offered you a contract and you didn't choose us. No, I'm not going to swap a jersey with you. Obviously you want to be with them. Um, I just thought that was kind of savage to say it that way. So, Oh, I love that for sure. But not as much as I'm about to love whatever the Dave's fun fact of the episode is. What do we got this week? All right. So Mike, I know that you might not be the biggest fan of vegetables or fruits. Wow. Let's <laughs> just call you. <laughs> hey, hey, now that we're on my uh my segment, Mike's diet is trash. Come on, man. I'll have you know. I ate vegetables today and yesterday. Wait, what day is this? Uh, and a couple days prior. <laughs> I've been doing all right, like, the past four or five days. I'm proud of you. Um, Before that is suspect, but... <laughs> right, like, we just won't talk about, like, two weeks ago. Um, anyways, so the reason why I bring that up is, you know, maybe this won't be extremely relevant to your particular tastes, but I thought this was pretty interesting. So, you know... You go to the grocery store. <laughs> I'm not just trying to put Mike on blast here, okay? <laughs> but like you go to the grocery store, you go to the produce section, which I'm saying is like a, hy- a hypothetical for Mike. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you go to the produce <laughs> section and you've got like a wide, like like so, you know, dozens and dozens of different kinds of, of fruits, right? Um, to choose from 
all different types of, you know, colors, shapes, sizes, you name it. My fun fact of the episode is that there are only three fruits that are native to North America. Out of all the fruits that we eat, all the super popular fruits, only only three of them are actually native to North America. Now, it's actually pretty interesting which three that they are. Mike, can you name three fruits or <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding, bro. I'm I, kidding. That was I thought that you were gonna say, can you name the three? And then I was gonna say, Oh, so you think I can even name three? <laughs> but then you just beat me to it. Uh can I name three fruits? Yeah. Do I know what these three are? Mm, probably not. Do you do you want to bother guessing? Or you want me to just tell you? I feel like bananas are from South America. Uh, I think apples are are not going to be it. That is correct. Uh, I'll guess oranges. Nope. Peaches. Nope. Well, damn! I was like. Georgia, the peach state. The peach state. Uh, why not? It's not even native to here, right? Come on. It's like that's our thing, and it's still like not even our thing. We just stole it from somebody else. Stupid state. Um, whatever. Uh, are tomatoes fruits? Are they veg- they're fruits, right? Technically, it's a fruit. I, I feel like they're European anyway. Yeah, it's it's not one of these three. So the the three are blueberries, cranberries, and Concord grapes. Which Concord grapes are like what they make a lot of um like jelly and stuff out of. Like if you've had grape jelly, it's made it's been made from Concord grapes. So um that's pretty interesting uh, or like grape juice like that like welches like that's what they use i should have guessed cranberry because we have it on thanksgiving or like you know a lot of people do <laughs> that's like right it's like this this is our thing um we're going to have the one fruit that we have <laughs> yeah why not well whatever at least like my enjoyment of cranberry sauce just got a little bit validated hey it's native <laughs> This is our thing. We didn't steal this from somebody else for once. <laughs> What's funny is like those three are definitely not even in my top ten. Mike, do you have a what 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 would be your favorite fruit? Would cranberry sauce legit be like your favorite? Um okay. either grapes or oranges. Um okay. I like the taste of oranges the best, but the uh, they're inconvenient. Like, I was about to say, a, I already know where he's going. I've, he doesn't want to have to peel this orange. Yeah. In addition to having a shitty diet, I'm also lazy as hell. <laughs> um, so I feel like I feel like the way we talk on the, just hang on. Let me say, many that's disrespectful. I feel like the way we talk on this podcast, people that like haven't, that, like don't know me or haven't seen me probably have like a a very bad like misrepresentation of like the shape that i keep myself in like 
I keep myself in decent shape. But I feel like someone that's like that lives in like I don't know Idaho or something listening to this like wow, Mike like really needs to see like a, a health specialist or something. <laughs> Just to be clear, Mike is the is the tall skinny one, and I'm the short stocky one. So we we cover all the bases there. Um, but anyways, I think that should probably just about wrap up this episode uh, of the Mike and Dave podcast. Um, as always, um, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, then make sure to give us a five-star review um, and make sure you're following us so you're notified whenever we're uploading, which of course is now going to be every other Friday. Don't forget. Um, and speaking of that, make sure that you let us know what you think about our new upload schedule. If if you're a fan, if you liked, you know, listening on Mondays, which I guess you could still listen on Mondays if you wanted to. You would just have to wait um, a little bit longer. But um, but anyways, we you know, of course, we appreciate y'all listening and um, y'all interacting with us. If you want to interact with us more, uh, head us head over to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and give us a follow at Mike and Dave Pod. And we'd be happy to interact with you, see where your th- see what your thoughts are on anything that we've talked about. Is your team going to make it uh, into the college football playoffs? We'd love to know. Uh, if you're trying to like start trash talking with us, you have easier leverage on Dave right now. I mean, it's not it's not even trash talking because I would just agree. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Hey, hey, Florida State is trash. Hey, Dave, your team sucks. You're right. (laughs) You know what? I think we're going to get along just fine. (laughs) As always, like, thanks for listening. It's been a blast making this episode and the 15 that came before it for you. And here's to making 16 plus more episodes of the Mike and Dave podcast. As always, this has been Mike. And this has been Dave. And you've been listening to the Mike and Dave podcast. Go blue, baby. Let's go. Alexander on the